People deluded, I'm back again. I hope you're all doing well and safe this Friday morning. Obviously, welcome back to another edition of the Deluded Podcast. It's always appreciated. All the love you lot give me each and every time. And if you're listening for the first time, make sure you hit that follow button on Spotify or whatever button across these socials it is to make sure you're up to date with my content. Because if you're here for the first time, you're going to be hooked in. It's a busy day for me. I've got a lot of videos to make. If you don't know as well, I put videos on YouTube and do YouTube podcasts. is just another side arm of the brand i guess so make sure you're following me across youtube and you're subscribed and all of those things i hope you're all well and safe people you know it's been a good week for football from a neutral point of view we've had both european competitions this week both the champions league and sadly for arsenal playing in the europa which was full of drama for us firmly we switch our attentions back to the champ man said champions league back to the premier league like arsenal have leicester i'm sure having lost their last two games they're ready to go and put arsenal to the sword but before we get into that let's quickly browse the results and digest the champions league action people you had zenit st petersburg against club bruges big three points for bruges as they claimed the 2-1 victory juventus and maratta brace helped them defeat dynamo kiev he struck in the 46th minute and also the 84th but i must not lie having watched that game it was a it's not that Juventus were under pressure. They had the ball, you know, Chiesa was getting forward and troubling, but you just wanted to see a bit more a bit more precision in terms of breaking them down. I wouldn't say it's a perfect performance, but who needs a perfect performance from their opening game week? The key thing is to get three points and start off the group well. And whatever way you look at it, that is what Perlo's men and, you know, former Arsenal player Aaron Ramsey have done. You know, they've started the group with a clean sheet, with a 2-0 victory. And considering they go against Barcelona and Barcelona will not have PKR, after he got sent off in their game, you know, it's a good thing. Both them and Barca needed to claim points. But away from that, RB Leipzig won 2-0 against, I cannot say this name, it's a Turkish team. Basakshir, forgive me for mispronunciation, either way, you all saw that game and that was a good game. And, you know, RB Salzburg also had a good game as they drew 2-2 in their game against Lokomotiv Moscow. Shabozlai again from range, he had a very good game and, you know, he's a player Arsenal need. It's as simple as that. Shabozlai can do the passing, he can break the lines, he can shoot from range, he can hit a free kick, comes alive on the edge of the area, can help with building before you get into the final third. There's a lot of potential in Dominic Shabozlai and every performance he puts in in Europe's elite competition, his price tag's gone up. I don't know what his club's plans are, you know, does he go to Salzburg next season? Is he sold to Arsenal or any team that's linked with him? I hope so in Arsenal's case, but I don't know. Rennes, who is my team to watch in this competition from a neutral point of view. They've got Jeremy Doku, they've got Kamavinga, got a couple young players on the bench. You know, they've got Sope, you know, they've got Rutter, you know, a young France under 19, I believe, striker, very powerful lad. You know, they're in the Champions League. Um, they drew 1-1 in their game against... Kranzdorna, I can't say pronounce their name, but they struck in the in the 56 minute. Garassi is a decent striker. Before three minutes later, they equalised, so they share the spoils. People, it's been an interesting start to the to the to the Champions League. Apologies, why I move my laptop and give my elbow some more space. Lazio defeated um, Dortmund three goals to one, and with that, you know Jude Bellingham must must be in the record stats for the youngest Englishman to play in the champs or similar sort of things to start a game. You know, I think. Ox would be there as well. Um, Chelsea and Seville, many people thought it would be full of goals, but it was not. Nil, nil, and a bit of a mad one. One of the results from the opening game week, PSG were poor. Tactically, they were poor. Tuchel has to ask answers. Their 
talented players. Not one of them was really consistently good. Di Maria, hot and cold. Neymar trying to do everything. Mbappe is now six games without scoring, you know. Ironically, I think the last two times PSG have benefited from an own goal, it's been by Jeremy Matteo and it's obviously been Martial, two French players. Man United claimed a 2-1 victory over PSG. Whatever way you look at it, that's a big three points. So Rashford, again, doing what he needs to do against Mbappe in his own backyard, people. So it's a bit of a it's a bit of a crazy one, um, which was a big three points from United. I think they're now ten consecutive away Premier League Premier League Champions League games in a row. I could be wrong. I've got the statistics to hand. Um, Barcelona beat beat Ferran Carlos. I can't pronounce their name, but five goals to one. You saw Asu Fati, Coutinho, and Dembele getting among the score sheets. Messi's now scored for sixteen consecutive Champions League campaigns. You know it was a good performance. Young Pedri coming off the bench and scoring. Lovely moment after you see him get a taxi after the game. You see him come to the game like Kieran Tierney with a plastic bag. The game of the week for me was Shakhtar Donetsk's 3-2 victory against Real Madrid people. You know, Real Madrid, they played, they rotated the side. You know, Jovic is not of the Real Madrid level right now. Um, most of Real Madrid players weren't at it. Casemiro wasn't at it. You know, it was a poor game from a lot of their defend from a lot of their players in particular. They obviously saved a bit of face and patterned up the scoreline, but they were 3-0 down at a point, you know. Shakhtar Donetsk could have scored more and I, to be fair, I give credit to Shakhtar Donetsk because man to a man, they were good. Apparently, they've got corona issues and injuries and they had to play a lot of players, a lot of young players, in particular the Brazilians. I think Antonio in midfield, you know, the 20-year-old had a very good game and he will follow on from Fred and get a move potentially soon if he continues. I think Tete played well, involved in all of their goals, but he's still very raw and his decision-making needs to improve. Their left back had a charge and run in the first half. You know, Dudu is a good player. You know, at right back, he had a bit of a shaky one towards the end, but he had a good game. You know, the seniors junior came on and scored, you know, must be a record holder. And obviously, Madrid technically scored with Valverde, but somebody was offside. Ajax um, were defeated to Liverpool courtesy of an own goal, which is quite sad from Taglifico. It's sad because I, be I believe Mohamed Kodos of, of Ajax now faces the prospect of being out of action for a couple of months now with an injury. Man City defeated Porto three goals to one. You know, they came back from behind. It was a dodgy game for Ran Torres. Got, a, got another goal for, for City. Opened up his account. I believe Foden set him up. Atlanta defeated Michelin four goals to nil. You know, Atlanta's a team that's earned a lot of neutral plaudits. Olympiacos, big three points. One nil victory over Marseille. Another game I watched because obviously I thought Torreira was going to turn up. Bayern Munich absolutely annihilated Atletico Madrid. And again, you can't look past them for not being favourites. They've got the youth, they've got the squad, they've got the gaffer. Everything's going right. You see what a com Kingsley Coleman on the worst of days is a good player, but you see the difference when Co Kingsley Coleman is confident. Look at some, look, you got an assist, was lovely. His two goals were quality. Goretzka had a good game as well, was amazing. You know, you lose 4-0 and Lewandowski doesn't score. That tells you everything you need to know about Bayern Munich's talent. They put them to the sword. You know, they absolutely annihilated them it was a perfect performance from Bayern Munich and an enjoyable game from a neutral standpoint Inter Milan courtesy of a Lukaku brace um, drew 2-2 against um, Gladbach which again is an interesting clash um, I've missed out some statistics people but in relation to the Porto game Sergio Aguero has scored his first goal in any competition since March against Sheffield Wednesday 231 days ago this gap of 231 days is the longest between goals in the Argentine's career for club and country with his 421st goal um, 
Asu Fati is the first player to ever score more than one Champions League goal before turning 18. As I have previously said, Messi is the first player in Champions League history to score in 16 consecutive seasons. No player in the competition's history has scored in more seasons overall than the Argentine. And he's actually tied with a certain former Manchester United winger, Orion Giggs, and you'd back Messi to become the record holder outright. You know, people are not deep and he scored for 16 straight years in the, in the competition. As I said, Lazio defeated Borussia Dortmund one, three goals to one. At 17 years of age and 113 days, Jude Bellingham became the youngest English player to ever start a Champions League game. He overtook Phil Foden. Foden at the time was 17 years of age and 192 days. Um, so make of that what you will. Um, in relation to Real Madrid, Luka Modric, who scored a banger, is the fourth player to score for Real Madrid in European Cup slash Champions League, age 35 or, or older. He's obviously joins the likes of Puskas, De Stefano and Gento. I don't know too much about Paco Gento. Um, I, I think he is a legend. I'm not going to sit here and, and, and act. In relation to Puskas and De Stefano, you know, definitely if you're with them names in any footballing statistic, let alone Real Madrid, you're in good company. And Modric is a Real Madrid legend in his own right. But, you know, good. it was a good goal from him. And he was one of the, I felt he was one of the Madrid players that was actually decent. I think Mendy at right back, obviously he's awkward, but he did his thing. Vicinius Jr. scored just 15 seconds after entering the field for Real Madrid. Since Opta have full data of Champions League goal times, 2006-07, it's the fastest goal scored by a substitute, people. So again, a madness. For Manchester United, obviously you got to big up Wambasaka for a good game. You know, Tenshebi had a good game as well. I think Shaw looked a bit better at in 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 a free. Um, you know, man to a man, they did what they needed to do. It wasn't pretty, but who cares? They've now won ten consecutive away games in all competitions for the first time in their history. Marcus Rashford's last three Champions League goals have all come away from home, with the last two being netted at the Parc des Princes. Um, so he seems to love playing at PSG's ground. Um. So, yeah, people, it was an interesting one. Um, on Chelsea, in what was his 62nd game in charge, Frank Lampard's first goalless draw as Chelsea manager. His first um, nil-nil overall as manager was Derby versus Stoke in 2019. So he doesn't do draws. Moving away from that and moving to the Europa League, people, one that I don't want to speak about is, <laughs> you know, Arsenal wouldn't be playing it in an ideal world, but it is what it is. Let's speak about the Europa League. And as you know, there was bare fixtures in the Europa League yesterday. You know, Rangers won two goals to nil against Standard Liège. There was a banger in that game based on the highlights. Um, I don't know this team name, but Slavia Prague were defeated three goals to one against it says on Google SB Saver. I think that's one of them teams where it's called something different than it is. Leverkusen in the 6 2 thriller against Nice, 1 6 2. Cluj defeated CSK Sevilla 2 0. Pacau and Amonia drew 1 1. Granada pulled off a shocker and defeated PSV. You know, Dundalk in Arsenal's group were defeated 2 1 against Malda. AZ Alkmaar claimed a 1-0 victory against Napoli. Benfica beat Lesney Polnan four goals to two. And for me, you know, if you saw the hat-trick from Darwin Nunes, you know, very good player, 21 years of age, formerly of Almeria, you know, formerly playing in his homeland, young Uruguayan international, powerful, strong, you know, Benfica, Benfica are going to make a lot of money off Darwin Nunes, in my opinion. You know, he's a young man and he's a very good number nine. Only 21 years of age. The potential is scary. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a brick, people. He's like six foot two. The man is a brick. You know, for Almeria, he got like 16 goals in 30 appearances. You know, he's a very decent player. And I first came across him playing for Uruguay. 
at youth level. Um, he's a player you could probably admit is going to make the move in the near too distant future. And like I said, you know, they've made a good investment on my man. Um, moving away from that though, people. And as I said, you know, they make big up to Benfica. But Arsenal obviously won two goals to one against uh, in the Europa League against Rapid Vienna. We had to come from behind. You know, in all competitions, the same issue has been plaguing you know, us, struggling to create goal-scoring opportunities, struggling to play with any real attacking play. Obviously, Leno's lapse in concentration in the 56 or so minute gave us something to, to work for. You know, in the 70th minute, courtesy of David Luiz and Aubameyang, we've saved our bacon. Encouraging cameo from Bellerin, you know, he came off the bench and got an assist. I think El Nene was decent. You know, Partey and Gabriel, levels above everybody. You know, that was 70 million apparently for both of them. Unreal, you know, Gabriel continues where he left off. Part a absolute colossus in midfield. And, you know, we're hoping he starts against Leicester on, on Sunday, people. Um, Real Sociedad won 1-0 against Rickach. I can't pronounce them, but one goal to nil. Young boys were defeated two goals to one against Roma. Antwerp beat Ludigretz, a team Mesut Ozil cannot play against this season if we were to play them, but knows it about them a lot. We def um, They defeated them two goals to one. Hoffenheim won 2-0 in their victory. Um, Napoli, um, Sparta Prague, apologies, people, not Napoli, defeated, were defeated four goals to one against Lille. Um, AC Milan put Celtic to the sword and beat them 3-1. There was a 5-3 thrill thriller between Una Emre's Villarreal and Sevzorpor. I can't pronounce that. Braga defeated AEK, AEK Athens three goals to nil. Wolfsburg and CSK Moscow drew 1-1. Leicester, our opponents on Sunday, won 3-0. Good preparation and good for them because domestically they've lost their last two games. Spurs won three goals to one. You know, Harry Kane looked a bit a bit rusty, but it is what it is. You know, an own goal, Son and Lucas, if I can remember correctly, did made it what it had to be and won 3-0. Gareth Bell looked a bit rusty. It was 0-0 between Feyenoord and Dynamo Zagreb. Tel Aviv, Tel Aviv defeated Kat Yarabag one goal to nil, as did Leberic against Gent. So it's been an interesting couple of days. Well, a couple of days for Champions League, one day for the Europa. In relation back to Spurs, Spurs have scored 31 goals in all competitions this season, five more than any other Premier League team. Um, only his teammate Harry Kane with 18 has been directly involved in more goals in all competitions among Premier League players than Sun Hyun Min, which stands at 13, 9 goals and 4 assists, very much on fire. For Gareth Bell, he's still very much rusty and he admitted it himself. Um, yesterday was the first time he has started a club match and not had an either a shot or created a chance for his teammate since November 2016 when he was playing for Real Madrid against Sporting people, um, which is this was his 78th start since then, um, which is crazy. Um, Gareth Bell himself said, I am a bit stiff. It's like a mini preseason for me and I'm trying to get minutes into the leg. Hopefully it won't take me too long to get back up to full speed. And I am enjoying being on the pitch and being back at this amazing club. It is what it is. You know, like I said, in relation to Leicester City, they've picked up their first Europa League slash UEFA Cup victory at their fifth attempt, previously losing three and drawing one. Kalechi Iheanacho has made a bit of history. He has become the first Nigerian to assist two goals in a single Europa League game. 
history is history. So big up him. In relation to Arsenal's smash and grab victory in our first game week, you know, David Luiz at 33 years of age, 183 days, is the oldest player to score for Arsenal in major European competition since Sol Campbell did in 2010 against FC Porto, which he was 35 and 152 days. You know, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang is back among the goal scorers now. Hopefully, we can say that in the Premier League on Sunday. But he has now scored 12 goals in 19 Europa League appearances for the club. Obviously, sadly, since the start of the 18-19 season, only Jordan Pickford and De Gea, two very error-prone keepers of late, have made more errors leading to goals among Premier League goalkeepers in all competitions than Leno with eight. So that tells you what you need to do. Thomas Partey became the first Ghanaian to start a competitive game for Arsenal since Frimpong. And, you know, he gave the he gave the performance to match. So big up Partey, long may it continue. Arsenal struggled to create chances. You know, we really are struggling to create basic goal scoring chances and it is quite concerning. But we'll take the victory where it can, people, and, what, and whatever. So it is well, it is in that regards, you know. Europa League and Champions League has been good. At a push, I would say the Champions League game I enjoyed the most would be Atletico versus Bayern Munich. I did enjoy Real Madrid versus Shakhtar because it was a shock to the system. Europa League, no enjoyable games. I'm just happy Arsenal got the 3-0 victory. You know, it is what it is, people. And this is what you want to see, man. You know, we've been talking about a lot of things on this podcast that haven't had effort to do with football, really and truly. So it's nice to see that we're back to doing such people. Obviously, we've, we're back in the Premier League now, you know, and it's almost football every day of the week, really. Um, you know, today, Friday, Aston Villa and Leeds United will play. As you lot know, Aston Villa are, are undefeated and they're moving perfect right now. This is the first Premier League encounter between both these two sides since 2004. Villa won 2-0 with Angel and Ronnie Johnson making a difference. Leeds United's last visit to Villa Park saw the Whites come from two goals down to win 3-2 in, in in December 2018. So, depending on how you look at it, you should have a bit of confidence. Aston Villa are looking to win each of their first opening five league games in a season for the first time in their history, people. Um, Aston Villa, as you know, are unbeaten in eight Premier League games, drawing two and winning six. This is the longest run of all sides in the competition. They've earned 20 points in these eight games, more than they had in their previous 26 matches in the competition. On top of that, if they avoid defeat, they'll finish the day on top of the Premier League table for the first time since August 2011 and for the first time at least five games into a campaign since November 2001. So I'm keen to see how that's going. You know, Leeds have, you know, everybody, I won't say everybody's supporting Leeds, but for the neutrals, everybody wants them to stay in the league, myself included. Everybody's fond of how Leeds have attacked their Premier League. West Ham play Manchester City. West Ham have lost their last nine games against Man City in all competitions, only enduring a longer run against Arsenal. Man City have won each of their five away matches in all competitions at the London Stadium against West Ham by an aggregate scoreline of 22-1, to scoring at least four times in all five matches. City scored 22 games. 22 goals, apologies, in their last 20 matches against the Hammers at Upton Park. So again, West Ham fans all managed to the pump. 
battle down the, the wall hatchets and make sure you can't you don't you stop them from scoring you know you can't stop City from scoring but one thing you can do is have a goal regardless West Ham have, can be, have been shown by Leeds and Leicester if you go forward you can present issues and one glorious thing about the Premier League is that it doesn't make sense it's random City will smack up one team one team will smack City and get smacked you know Leicester came from behind and put City to the sword then West Ham did it against Leicester so if West Ham take what they did from the Leicester game they can take advantage of City even though I don't think that's the case and City are going to run riot here in my opinion West Ham have shipped at least four goals in each of their last four league matches against Man City home league matches only one other team has ever done this in the history of the footballing league since 1888 it's the first time West Ham are starting a Premier League match against Man City above them in the table for the first time since 2009 and that could be a good omen because the last time that happened they won 1-0 at Upton Park against the Citizens West Ham have scored 10 goals in their last three Premier League games beating Wolves 4-0 at home um three um Leicester 3-0 away and drawing 3-3 at Spurs. The last time they they scored three plus goals in four consecutive league matches was back in September 1928. So make of that what you will. Moving away from West Ham and Aston Villa, you've got Crystal Palace against Fulham, a Southwest derby of sorts, a London derby. Fulham and Crystal Palace last met in 2018-19 in the Premier League. Palace won both of those games two goals to nil. Palace are looking to win three consecutive league matches against Fulham for the first time since October 1930. Fulham, who are on a record of 11 consecutive top-flight London derby defeats, have lost 20 of their last 23 derbies in the Premier League. Fulham have picked up picked up their first draw in 24 Premier League matches last time out, obviously against Sheffield United. Um, obviously, Adam Ole-Lukman had a good goal. And if they can improve, then they have half a chance. Mitrovic, I'm sure he wants to put things right. He missed a penalty and conceded one. You know, you don't get worse than that in terms of bad days at the office, really, because strikers and defending is a bad mix. And he showed why, as did Martial, actually, in the Champions League when he's closing his eyes for a header. And obviously, as a striker, minimum, you want to make the difference for your team. And he missed a penalty. Fulham have lost their last three home Premier League games by a three-plus goal margin, scoring none and conceding 10. No team in the top flight history has ever lost four consecutive home matches by a margin of at least three goals. And if Fulham's players want to stay in the Premier League, simply put, they have to do a lot better. You've got the probably the biggest game of, of the of the weekend, people. Manchester United, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's men, who have you know got two decent victories, getting a little bit of pressure off him. Face Lampard's men. Lampard spent a a lot of money, you know, chopping and changing hasn't settled. You know, Werner's finding his feet, but as a team collectively, there's still a lot of teething problems. Sooner or later, Lampard is going to be asked questions. So it'll be a big three points for either team, you know, both being members of the top six, both fighting for top four. You'd imagine this is a six pointer, bragging rights and double points, essentially. Manchester United are looking to win three consecutive top flight meetings against Chelsea for the first time since 1965 under Matt Busby. Chelsea are winless in their last seven Premier League away matches against Manchester United. It is the longest run without a top flight win at Old Trafford since a 16 game streak between 1920 and 1957. In the Premier League era since 92-93, Manchester United versus Chelsea is the most played fixture between top flight teams in all competitions. It's the 83rd meeting between the two sides since then, people. Only once in league history have Manchester United lost each of their opening three home league games in a single campaign. 
since doing so in 1930-31 when they finished bottom, which Man United will not be relegated this year. Manchester United last lost three consecutive league matches at Old Trafford in February 1979, people, whilst they last went five consecutive matches without victory on home soil in the league in February 1990. So, again, that's a big clash. And again, you know, I think Werner's going to have a big say. I'm not too sure that's a neutral game. I think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, one thing about United, you know, I think it helps Ole when he talks about where United and big game and this and that. They do decent in these big games and definitely against Chelsea. I know they got handed it, handed 6-1, you know, they got slapped and that might even give them extra bonus. You don't know games like this, it's about tactics, it's about player quality, but it's about desire, it's about hunger, you know. It's, it's one of them games there and it'd be interesting to see from them. Um, a neutral point of view, what happens in that regards, you know. Um, that will be tomorrow at 5.30 and will be quite the Saturday game. You've also got Liverpool against Sheffield United, people. Can Brewster come back to haunt his ex-side? Liverpool have won their last three Premier League games against Sheffield United without conceding a single goal by an aggregate scoreline of 3-0 since last season, people. Sheffield United have lost 19 of their last 23 away top flight matches against Liverpool. Liverpool have failed to win three consecutive Premier League games since May 2018. However, Liverpool are unbeaten in 61 Premier League home matches, winning 27 of 28. And we know, you know, Fabinho's had some convincing performances at centre-half. By his own admission, he's no Van Dijk. And we're going to see how good the team is able to cope without Van Dijk. On a Monday, Burnley will welcome Spurs and it will be a tough game. Burnley have won just two of their last 12 games against Spurs, um, although both wins were at Turf Moor. In all competitions, Spurs have won seven of their last 12 games against Burnley. Tottenham have lost just one of their last 11 Premier League games played on a Monday. Burnley are winless in their last five Premier League games, losing four and drawing one. And have lost each of their last two at Turf Moor. Spurs have won both their away games in the Premier League this season, netting 11 goals in those matches. They are on, they're actually winless at home, so they're better on the road. So Burnley should be fearful. You've got Brighton against West Brom at Jalbion, which is the 11th top flight meeting between Brighton and West Brom. Um, and the first since 2017-18. The last game between these two in any competition was in the FA Cup when Brighton came from a goal down to win 3-1. In league competition, the home side has won each of their la of the last five meetings between these two teams. West Ham have West Brom apologies have won just one of their last 13 away games played in the, on a Monday in the Premier League. So if you like omens, that might not be one that gives you any confidence. You've got Everton against Southampton, which is deemed to be a tasty one Southampton have won five of their last seven home Premier League matches against Everton but they were beaten at, at St Mary's 2-1 last season Everton are looking to win consecutive away top flight visits to Southampton for the first time since 1992 Southampton have kept more clean sheets against Everton than they have versus any other team in the competition with 10 of those 13 shutouts against them coming at home in games coming at in home games which is 77% Southampton have lost just two of their last 12 Premier League games, winning six during four, losing both of their opening two matches this season. The Saints are looking to put pick up back-to-back -back home wins for the first time since December of last year. So that's deemed to be an interesting clash. You've got Wolves against Newcastle, folks, which again is going to be a decent game. Seven of the 10 Premier League matches between the two sides have ended as a draw, um, including each of the last three. 
Um, it, it's also it, it also among among fixtures to have been played at least ten times. It's seen the joint highest percentage of games drawn. This is along with Bournemouth from Watford, Stoke, and, and Wigan as well. Newcastle are unbeaten in their last six away league games against Wolves since losing in 1993-1-0. Just crazy. Both teams have scored in each of their in each of the ten Premier League meetings between the two sides. It's the most played fixture in the competition in which neither side has kept a clean sheet. Wolves have kept seven clean sheets in their last nine Premier League home games, losing both matches in which they have conceded in that run where they've won five and drawn two. So depending on what you make of that, that's what it is. Obviously saved the best till last. Sunday, 7.15 kickoff. Arsenal will play Leicester City and we need to get back to winning ways, people, because it ain't been too gravy for us. You know, fifth versus fourth, both on 12 points. You know, goal difference makes the difference. We know what, Leicester are about we know what Jamie Vardy in particular is about Arsenal are, unbe are unbeaten in their last 27 home meetings with Leicester in all competitions remember we drew this game last year throwing away three points Leicester have played more Premier League away matches against Arsenal without ever winning than they have against any other opponent in the competition the Foxes 1-1 draw at the Emirates last season ended a run of 12 straight away defeats at against the Gunners Arsenal are unbeaten in their last 11 home games, drawing two and winning nine after losing their final three at the Emirates in 2019. However, one of those failures to win in this run was against Leicester in July. Arsenal haven't lost any of their last 32 home matches in the Premier League in the month of October, winning 26 and drawing six since a 2-1 defeat against Blackburn in 2002. Only Manchester United with 42 in November and Chelsea with 33 in March are on a longer current unbeaten home run in a specific month in the competition. Leicester have lost their last two Premier League games, last losing three in a row in 2019 in February of that year under Claude Powell. However, the Foxes have won their last two league games on the road by an aggregate of 8-2. So they travel well and they're very much people that will put the sword to you. Having lost their last two league games, you know, I'm sure they're itching to get back to winning ways. And typically that always seems to happen against Arsenal. So we need to be fearful of that. In other news, big up Fabinho at centre-back because I feel he's done well there. Um... Moving away from that, though, people, um, I just wanted to highlight this. And I know a lot has been made of Premier League's finances and whatnot. Big up Marcus Rashford for applying pressure to these politicians. And these politicians are the devil. And they can all, you know, they can all do one, really. You know, if you don't have any compassion for children, you know, you're seeing Tory government um, um, em employers, MPs, you know, who were head teachers, not having empathy for children. If you can't show empathy for a role you're directly affected in, what was you doing during your role? And who are you? Disgusting human beings, man, the, the government is, you know, really disgusting. There's money to refund Buckingham Palace. There's money for crap track and, track and trace systems. But there's not money for little old Jimmy, who's, you know, can't help the circumstances he's been born in, whether his mum's, you know, there's finance, there's problem with her finances, whether she's not making the right life decisions. The child never signed up for that. It's a basic right to at least be given free meals, you know. Can you get us can breakfast, lunch, and in some cases, can they even go to to dinner to school for a dinner? That's the minimum. Can they go to bed hung um with their belly filled? Can they focus in school? You know that you know you don't get food, food you don't get fuel. These pe these kids will do worse in school. They will become rebel rebellious in that. They will struggle, you know. Nutri in terms of nutrition as well, they grow especially the younger children. It's sad. You know, they can't go out and get a job. They can't go out and do several things. 
It's sad. So big up Marcus Rashford, um, off-topic people. But Premier League clubs spent a record 260 million on players from the English Football League. Um, well, from English Football League clubs during the extended summer window, a quarter more than 2019's previous record. People of 210 million, with many clubs struggling financially. You know, from the impact of COVID-19, England's top flight kept the European market afloat by spending a total of one point. 1.26 billion during the window only 150 million less than last year and 170 million down on 2017's record while spending within the EFL was significantly down on the last year Premier League clubs spent heavily on championship talent with a dozen, dozen purchases of more than 10 million as you lot know there was 40 million Nathan Atke from Bournemouth to City Ollie Watkins from Brentford to Aston Villa amongst many others people um, so we'll have to see just in relation to transfer news, people to 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 move to move on from this, people. Let's keep let's do this a different way. Apparently, um, apparently, according to David Onsworth, the twenty in twenty sixteen Sheffield United's deal to take Calvert Lewin was less than the reported one point five million, so they've been shortchanged. Apparently, Sergio Romero found out via social media he'd be left out of the of the Premier League squad and Europa League squad for Manchester United, and he isn't happy about such. Liverpool apparently monitoring Ozjan Kabak, the 20-year-old Schalke defender, in relation to Van Dijk's injury. Again, you know, we want. It seems it seems that Arsenal are back on the case of trying to re-sign Daniel Marlin from PSV. Um, Pep Guardiola is hopeful of keeping Eric Garcia by seducing him. He's wanted by Barcelona, his former team. Arsenal have handed a trial to former. Um, Arsenal club legend's son, Dennis Burkamp. Mitchell Burkamp is 22 and has spent the week training at the club's ground. He left second division side Almere City. Um, so he's clearly not that good. You know, 22 playing in the under-23s is poor. But, you know, if it makes our team stronger, if he can get fitness and whatnot, why not? Pochettino is apparently being eyed by Real Madrid as pressure mounts on Zinedine Zidane. Meza Ozil, who I'm, I'm not going to go over it, go and look over my videos, people. You've seen making statements and turning into a commentator yesterday. He's again been linked with DC United, where he has a business interest specifically in DC. So is there substance behind that rumour or is it playing upon these, these rumours? Um, Spurs apparently pushed down the price of Joe Rudon by £5 million after refusing to meet Swansea's asking price. Um, apparently, PK agreed to a lot to lower his pay by 50% for the rest of the season because of the coronavirus impact. There's been a lot of talk about Wambasaka switching allegiances to Congo from England. Apparently, they're wide of the mark and he wants to regain his place in the England squad and will resist attempts to switch and whatnot. So we'll have to see. Big up, big up Arsenal fans and big up fans in general of not paying £15 to the Premier League to watch these games and donating it to food banks. You know, Arsenal managed, Arsenal fans raised £6,000 to give to a food bank and it's not just Arsenal, United, Spurs, Newcastle, Bagger fans been doing it and that's what we need to do. F giving the money to these lot. Let's watch it on streams, man. They're fleecing us. We're paying through our nose for season tickets, for BT, for Sky Sports, for Amazon, you know, for the rest of it. We've all got our own lives as well. They think we're made of money and it's time we stop accepting it people so that's what we need you know if the government aren't going to help people in need let's put our piece together and allow people to get a meal and these sort of things so big up all the football fans doing that um it's a bit of random but apparently the under 19s euro tournament has been cancelled people and five and and one of five spots for european teams has been allocated for the next year's under 20 world cup england have taken advantage of that and that's due to our ranking in the coefficient law um 
Mark um, Mason Greenwood apparently has been briefed on his conduct because he keeps turning up late to Manchester United training amongst other things. And in rather sad news, people, Asu Fati, the world of the world at his feet, you know, and it shows a good it shows a good story. You know, clearly he's of immigrant descent and he's now gone off to represent Spain and probably will represent Spain at the Euros and beyond. And he's now a Barcelona player. It's a great story and shows what football can do. Sadly, though. There is racial connotations and there'll always be journalists that try and belittle a man. Salvador Sostes, you know, an ABC journalist, you know, it is quite sad and right, sa rightly so he has to face the music. Um, he's saying he did not intend to be racist when he compared Barcelona's Asu Fati to a young black street seller fleeing from the police. You didn't try and be racist, you effing dickhead. What does that mean? What does that mean? You've just said it. It's like me being racist, even though I don't agree with it. And, and you know, they're in England, you, apparently, you know, there is a lot, there is a lot of, or you have seen better yet on, on, on TV shows, pickpockets of Romanian descent on the trains. Is that, so that, does that give me the right to see if a young Romanian was playing well and I say he's fleeing the TFL conductors from, because he's pickpocketing? No, because that's racial nonsense. This is stereotyping. This is just nonsense and it's belittling a man. At the end of the day, Asu Fati's got the world at his feet. How many teenagers can say they scored for Barcelona, let alone in the Champions League, let alone played and scored for Spain? You know, marketing, the money's coming to him. You know, this guy's journal. I always say it, the journalist who said this comment, his wife probably likes Asu Fati. She probably wants a toy boy. She probably wants to screw him. You know, that's why he's coming out here. You know, it's not racist. How can you not, how can it be anything but racist? You know, you could have said a bag of things. You could have just said he is running down the wing and he's fleeing police or something. And it still would have been there. But you was very descriptive. This is very insightful. You're sorry you got caught. You thought you was going to gain a buzz. You were an effing prick. Pardon my language. There's no need for this it's sad and it's belittling a man he wrote this people he said asu when running down when running has something of a gazette a gazette or some or very young a black street seller running away from police you know he, Antoine Griezmann stuck it on him as well and you know Griezmann's been in hot water for 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 for, for blackface so you know if, if Griezmann has to stick it on you you know you don't effed up but he said my intention was to praise the beauty of Asu Fati's movement and his talent as a very young player you could have done that without racial connotations and in a bag of ways you knew what you was doing you're just sorry you got caught and again you can suck your mum really and truly dickhead man pardon my language I know I'm meant to be professional in that but this this racing thing racism thing it annoys me you know because the the, the 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 cockiness the brave is so brass how can be so brazen to come out and say this you know ridiculous is he gonna lose his job i don't know but he should man he really should he said like he said my intention was to praise the beauty of us use movement and his talent as a very young player you twat you're lying some expressions were understood as racial incidences nothing was further from my intention nor the very favorable opinion of a player that i've expressed in all match reports since i have written since his debut i deeply lament the understand misunderstanding and i ask forgiveness if anyone has felt offended shut up man suck yourself man no forgiveness for these youths i hope you get slide tackled asu was ne asu nearly scored with a typical shot of a number nine in which he perfectly turned his body there's something gazelle-like about Asu Fati when he runs like a very young black street seller that you suddenly see scrambling down the Passe de Garza in Barcelona when someone shouts water water to announce that the 
Barcelonian police force has arrived. Wild scenes in the in the heart of the city. Shut up, man. You know, you, you've said it. You've been very descriptive. Very A very young black street seller. So that means you, you've been having this one away for a while. You are a twat. I hope you lose your job. I hope you struggle to pay your bills. I hope your family suffer with this because, you know, they have to live with it. Well, what if Asu Fatty's mum has to see this BS? It's, it's always trying to belittle a man. Keep your head, Asu Fatty, because you're only going to get better. You're only going to score more goals. You're only going to get twats like this. And like I said, my man's wife is probably putting up pictures in pictures in the thing. While he was writing this statement, do you not think she was cheating with one of these very street sellers you talk about? You've got all this money. She's probably she's she's freeing it up for a guy selling fake Gucci. So who's the real mug here? You twat. It is what it is in that stupid a guy's opinion, but it's a, it's a shame to rather end this on a rather sad note, people, because it shouldn't be that, but Asu Fati, keep your head up. Likewise, people, regardless, people, all keep your heads up because there's a lot of nonsense going on in the world, but regardless of that, I hope you've enjoyed this 40-odd minute podcast. We've spoken about the Premier League. We've reviewed the Premier League. You know, we've reviewed the Europa League. In fact, I say that we've pre previewed the Premier League. We've reviewed the Europa and Champions League. We've touched on a couple of other points with nothing to do with it. And yeah, man, I'll be back here on... on, on Nobody's is anyone playing on a Monday? Yeah, they are. So I'll be back here on Tuesday, people. Podcast on Tuesday. Expect that Tuesday morning by 10 p.m. the latest. You know, it'll be out there. Um, you know, Tuesdays and Fridays, you know, we do the little review of the Premier League action. It'll be a Monday if there's no action on on uh, it will be a Monday review if there's no action on the Monday. If there's action, then it will the video the podcast will come every Tuesday. You know me today, Friday, it's QA day, and it's also podcast day as we preview the Premier League. So two podcasts a week in addition to a crap load of videos i do spoil you guys and i hope you lot appreciate it so yeah man please make sure you're following across all the socials and whatnot links are in the description god bless dg i'm keeping it moving people i'm out